just think that Run DMC calling themselves the Kings of Rock is is a bit rich. Hey everybody, welcome to Morg and Balonies. I am Morg. And I, as always, am Balonies. Also known as the former tag team champions of the world, Big Boss Man and Hakeem the African Dream, Nicholas and... Nick does not clear these with me, but I'm Greg. <laughs> Ori. The Towers of Power. <laughs> Oh boy! How you doing? I feel Greg? more powerful. Uh, good, good. I just, uh, you know, it's been a while, so I rewatched a couple of uh, Bo Burnham specials. I watched What and Make Happy, and uh, Make Happy makes me cry the end every time. So that felt nice to let out. How about you, Nick? How you feeling? Uh, I've been feeling pretty good. I've been. You know, just up to my own thing. I recently watched a portrait of a lady in fire, and that made me bald like a little insignificant speck of a child that I am. Delicious. And I've just been, you know, at my house alone in the, in the 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 in the the second like the fourth snow flurry we've gotten this season, fourth or fifth. Uh, <laughs> but Nick, it's January. Yeah, that's the coldest month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people think it isn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, finished. Oh, I also finished rewatching uh, the Umbrella Academy season one with a friend, and we are both going into season two completely blind, I believe, tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Oh, there's a fish. There is a fish, like in fucking spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, I still haven't watched season two, but season one's excellent. If anyone out there hasn't watched it, uh, this is our endnote section. Please watch <laughs> Umbrella Academy, at least season one. Season one is definitely worth the watch. And Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's really good. It's got old-timey lesbians. What else could you want? New favorite genre, old-time lesbians. I believe uh, there's about six or seven of them coming out in the next couple months. <laughs> if not already out in theaters. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. This is going to take us to our new first segment. We've been doing it for a while, except for last episode. But, I mean, <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> uh, so, our mm, pop section where we are going to be talking about the pop culture, the news, the trailers, uh, deaths, <laughs> apparently, and, and several other things that seek our fancy uh we're gonna open this of course with the always positive news of a celebrity death uh larry king has passed away uh one of the greatest interviewers of all time uh you know just wanted to give that a little shout out it's impossible for us to catch every single celebrity's death in this but it feels kind of wrong to ignore larry king the icon the tower of what he did and in case you guys haven't uh, caught on, we do record these roughly two weeks before they come out, so there's definitely a delay. So, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to catch everyone when we do the show once a week, and it's hard not to seem like we're catching up when our episodes come out and they've uh, been passed for quite a while. So, mm -hmm. Larry King, pour one out. Pour two out. 87 years old, that worth, that's worth a, worthy of two. That's it, yeah, you can have two. Now to get to the meat and potatoes the, of our segment, we are going to talk about the <clears throat> unfortunate news of delays. So we covered a big whole block of delays earlier in this show's history, last year, 
uh, and it was a whole that fucking... might have been our first episode honestly <laughs> it might have been it was real yeah. fucking early um mm -hmm. and for a moment there with the hbo warner brothers thing while not the best uh it did seem like the the production companies were like all right Delaying these forever is not going to do anything. We need to just release them, and mm -hmm. there are ways to do that. But <laughs> with the new president happening and things in the world of the virus and quarantine looking just ever so slightly better than they were, quote-unquote, uh, the production mm -hmm. companies have all teamed up and decided, fuck that, uh, we're going to put the delay and get these out in theaters as late as 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 soon as theaters can open so that means everything is delayed for another six months at least so we'll go through the beginning uh of my list unless greg has anything to add warner bros you made the right move man i want to see your movies and it's gonna make me want to go see them in the theaters twice as much everyone else i don't want to wait for you i'm probably gonna boycott how you feel about that probably pretty good because everyone else is going to watch your movies let's get started <laughs> although it is you know i i appreciate warner brothers doing them you know just going this route but they did like trying something at least screw over a bunch of their directors so that sucks yep that's an unfortunate <laughs> uh, side effect but we're gonna move on yeah. so the first movie and you may have been hearing about this movie for it feels like nine years at this point james <laughs> bond's latest outing daniel craig's third last James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Oh boy, <laughs> how we have had the theme song for this movie, it seems like for two years now. <laughs> That's definitely what it feels like. <laughs> and it's a pretty good song too, Billie Eilish, I believe. Um, yes. I, I was never much into the, the, the James Bond movies, never have. But I wanted to watch this one because there's a lot of good elements in it. There's Rami Malek playing the villain, I believe. Uh, and if it really is Daniel Craig's last Bond movie, <laughs> you know, I want to watch it. Um, but this has been going on for too long now. This movie has been delayed since, I feel like, early 2019. <laughs> and I'm, yes, exactly. I'm kind of just fucking done with it. But the worst part about this is that it was delayed until October 9th, I believe is the date. And that means that Sony pushed back their release of Morbius, Jared Leto's Spider-Man villain his outing, which was going to be released in October, because James uh, No Time to Die would basically would probably impact the number of sales. I feel like they're different enough genres. They, they cross genre enough. It's like they're both mm -hmm. kind of action pieces. They're both kind of fictional superhero bits. Mm -hmm. I know that James Bond isn't a superhero, but he does some pretty heroic stuff. I fell into an accent. I apologize. So I, I feel like they are just scared enough to want to be like, let's not. And also they are two A-bombs in a sense. So you don't really want to drop an A-bomb on top of an A-bomb. Uh, U.S. history aside, <laughs> back to you, brother. <laughs> but yeah, and it sucks because I was actually looking, quite looking forward to Morbius. I don't know if we covered the trailer on here or we just did a general quick scope of it. Um, but I think we did a quick talk, yeah. But, you know, Jared Leto is, like, a big shitter cult leader. But, man, <laughs> this movie looks like fucking... It looks like they took the best parts of the Venom movie, which were the very high schlock uh, factors, and were just like, yeah, let's just let's just do more of that. Let's make more movies akin to, like, Blade 2. And I'm, like, super here for it. Like, I, I so want more of this. 
because Blade 2 ruled and embraced the campiness with like fucking Ron Perlman had like this really shitty chin beard that went all the way up to his ears and then around his head he was yep. completely bald besides everything else. like that's I want I want more of this cartoonishness and that's really bad it's a really it's a real bummer that it gets pushed back until fucking 2022 is when we're looking at Morbius all right, we're moving Wait, on. Seriously, twenty twenty two. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, like March as well, because January's a dead zone. <laughs> so can you? That's fuck. That's I uh, have to wait. This that's was gonna actually. Crazy. This was gonna be released this March. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Uh, after that, Quiet Place Part Two, another movie we've heard a lot of delay news about. Uh, yep. This another one. Movie I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nick's looking as forward to it, but I. Not really. Yeah, but I was really into it. I like the opening from the trailer where it's like before everything goes to shit. Fucking masterful. If anyways, there was a movie that like Christopher Nolan's lame argument to keep in theaters for, it would be Quiet Place because the art of that movie is silence. And so mm-hmm. I get that one, uh, you know, but still it sucks. Uh, moving on, The King's Man. Uh, one of the worst movie titles <laughs> I think ever imaginable. Um, it's pretty bad. So it's the third one in the series of Kingsman, <laughs> and then Kingsman Two: The Golden Compass or something. I don't actually care. The Golden Shitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, that series is where the first movie was pretty good, and then each movie and thing that comes out about Kingsman after that is less and less good by like at least half. So we're looking at probably one of <laughs> the worst blockbusters of the year is based on the oh, predictions. Nick, it's a prequel. <laughs> oh no. That means it's got to be twice as good as the first Kingsman. The tech, I mean, you know, that's a good point, but I'm going to ignore it to go to our next piece of news. Uh, <laughs> the Bob's Burger movie has been taken off of the calendar entirely. So this is oh, curious. Shit. So this is not a delay. This is well, not a delay to a point that we know, which is typically what delays are. Uh, this is also in the wake. I don't know if you read about this, but the character designer for Bob's Burgers actually passed away a couple weeks ago in a skydiving accident, which is oh, a cer- is certainly a way to go uh, if there ever was one. Um, so I have especially a feeling- when you add in the fact that we're in a pandemic. So it's like I just need to get out. Mm-hmm. and jump out of a plane yeah. like that's that's a nuts story also yeah. uh, r.i.p yeah r.i.p you know and he was always a big fan of skydiving and like paragliding and stuff like that and you know and i i have a feeling that there's some sort of they want to take a little bit of time maybe do something extra in it and maybe that'll, that'll take a bit longer that's fine uh moving on yeah. to the next one ghostbusters afterlife actually been getting a bit of buzz about this title uh we had the trailer came out last year like early last year i think and we have not or like in the summer uh and we have not gotten like anything else beyond it and the trailer itself wasn't like very much to look at it was very bare bones uh we did however get a ghost reveal uh (laughs) which is a very weird (laughs) thing to say uh there was a toy set released or something with a new Ghostbusters Afterlife monster, ghost called the Muncher, who looks pretty pleasant, I like to say. He's blue, he's got grabby hands. I like all of these things. He's chubby, kind of like a water bear, tardigrade, if you will. So yeah, um, that movie can be either like absolutely terrible or it could be like pretty solid. It's 
confusing. Is that a sequel to the reboot? That is a sequel to the main series. They're ignoring oh, the reboot uh, because, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, I didn't, the reboot wasn't, like, the best thing. It was fine. It was the definition of, like, whatever. Uh, there was good bits in it. But it's very weird okay. that, like, the, the, the girls can't have a Ghostbusters, but only the boys can. That's a little weird. <laughs> but, all right. All right. <laughs> We're going to move on to... The Uncharted movie, that one's getting delayed. Uh, that is Tom Holland no. in a prequel as Nathan Drake, I believe. Uh, My famous YouTube comment. <laughs> yeah, so like, I don't know. I don't know anybody really looking forward to this movie because I think this movie's going to be absolute dog ass. <laughs> you love Tom Holland. I do love Tom Holland. I'm a big So that's really Tom saying Holland. something, guys. But, like, Nathan Drake, his whole thing is, like, no one wants to see the prequel to Nathan Drake. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like Dead, the new Deadpool movie. It's like, you get him before he becomes dead. Like, the whole movie, he's not Deadpool. And you're like, wait, no, well, I want to, it's like, you, it's like Indiana Jones, but it's just him as the professor. Like, no, <laughs> it's like, wait, it's wait, like wait, wait. It's like Tomb Raider, but before she raids tombs. Yeah. Wait a minute, I actually liked that movie. <laughs> Caught you, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like those movies very much. I thought it was, there was only one. I There's thought it was two. good. No, I'm talking about the new remake. Oh, I didn't see the new one. Uh, it's pretty good. I thought you were talking about Angelina Jolie. Uh, moving oh, no, on. I didn't see those. <laughs> moving uh, on. <laughs> the Edgar Wright directorial feature, what's it called? Yeah, feature film, uh, Last Night in Soho. I don't really know too much about Last Night in Soho, but it's getting delayed. Uh, Edgar Wright's a very... I'm, I'm colder on Edgar Wright than most people, I would say. I liked Baby Driver, unfortunately. Ahuga! Bunch of rapists in that movie, turns out. Uh, One of them gets run over, at least. Spoilers. That's well, true. Well, I mean, there are a couple, so you won't know. <laughs> until you see it. A lot of car stuff in that movie. Who would have guessed it? Um, yeah, not me. But yeah, I feel like his latest... Like, everyone praises the, the Shaun of the Dead trilogy. I, I don't care to learn the names. Uh, the Cor Cornetto trilogy. I just said I don't care. <laughs> um, Consisting yeah. of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Yeah, and they just, I've only seen one of those. <laughs> they get worse each movie. Uh, very similar to The That's King's Man. Cool. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I after these movies, he's actually been, I think, on the uptake. You know, he was going to do Ant-Man, and while he didn't, obviously didn't get to do it, there's a lot of Edgar Wright bones in Ant-Man, uh, and I think that's why it's one of the most charming movies in the Marvel Universe. I know uh, Greg likes to point out that all the Ant-Man movies are absolute shit, and he spits on me whenever I say Ant, even, but, you know, that's True, is. although I think the first one's good. The second one is absolute growing pains bullshit. The second one's cool. But, but yeah, it's again. horrible. All right. We're gonna do one moment does not save a movie, Nicholas. No, all of them do. <laughs> We're going that, that joke was set up masterfully. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that one joke <laughs> that has nothing to do with Ant Man. No, it deals with the villain, uh, Ghost. <laughs> yeah, not Ant Man, the oh. hero. Oh, it's like, oh damn! It's like, fuck, we can't talk about Thanos because the movie's called Avengers Endgame. He's not an exactly. Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. 
All right, we're gonna do a bit of. What are we uh, moving on to? We're gonna do a bit of a new thing. This is a little bit of a a, a feature, one would say, an expose, maybe. It's where I read a list and I go, "Look at this fucking thing." Uh, <laughs> so, comicbook.com is a news pop culture website, typically focusing on comic books and superhero movies, but it's spread to more things. You know, it covers wrestling, covers a little bit of UFC, covers television stuff. It, it, it's grown a lot wider in scope as of late. And they uh, published a couple days ago an expose, uh, the 35 scariest horror monster villains of this century Ooh. ranked. And I'm going to go through them. Uh, but first, they we're going to talk, talk about... It's rank. So, this is a stinky list. Greg has not looked at it, as far as I know. Um, Nothing, nope. And I, I, I will go through it. We won't spend too much time on each one. But I asked Greg before to compile a list of some of what he thinks of this last century, the greatest horror movies that he thinks, not not just uh, personal last, favorite. Last couple decades. What's this century? Centuries. The, century? the 21st century. Oh, sorry. I, I, when I think century, I think 100 years. And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't go far enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're fine. Okay, cool, cool. We're going to start at 35. The scariest horror monster villains of this century, which is the last 20 years and one month. Well, technically, it's 19 <laughs> years and one month because the century starts on the 20... Whatever. I don't actually care. Whatever. Um, 35. <laughs> Slenderman in Slenderman. What? <laughs> yeah. What a start to a list. Now, I will give them this. The Slender Man in the Slender Man movie, he is spooky. He's scary because he's Javier Botet, my favorite creature actor. We've talked about him many times. Uh, and yep. he's he is not the problem with this movie. It's everything that's not Slender Man. <laughs> Especially <laughs> that one cool scene that was in the trailer only. Yeah, that, that scene, definitely. He doesn't belong on this list. He does not belong on this list. All right, number 34, Sue Ann Ellington. Can you tell me what movie Sue Ann Ellington is from? Jezebel? Ma! Ma? The Octavia Spencer... Uh, Decent movie, but it's, no. <laughs> it's, the, it's the definition of fine. Uh, she is not yep. threatening in this movie, unfortunately. What she does is gross. <laughs> like, I, yep. I found myself disturbed, but not by her. All right, so <laughs> moving on. <laughs> 33, take a big sip of water for La Llorona from The Curse of La Llorona. This is not the Mexican movie, the Spanish movie, La Llorona, which is very good. This is the Blumhouse movie, The Curse of La Llorona, which is poop ass. Not the best. Also not on my list of uh, best horror movies of the last uh, oh, yes. 20 years. <laughs> if, if one of these movies is on your list, please feel free to, to rack it up. Point that so out. So far, none of them. <laughs> All right, cool. So we are 0 for 3. Over three. Here All we right, go. next, thirty-two. The Nun, the Conjuring franchise. Nope. Bit <laughs> One of, a, of the worst movies in the Conjuring franchise. But this is also talking as the the character in general from multiple movies. Oh, the character but design. But I do oh, oh, think okay. the Nun is still the weakest parts of the movies that it's in. Uh, she's not the scariest thing in the Conjuring two, and she's definitely not. Well, I mean, they the got a, is not a good She movie. gets a good scare in the beginning of The Conjuring 2. Uh, With the painting. Yeah, the painting's really good. Painting's but scary. it's kind of, it's she. It's really not that scary. The, the, the design's not too scary. Although I like Bonnie Ahrens, who plays them. 
they really dug themselves into a hole with that too because they talked a lot about how like oh the nun is it's specifically designed to attack her religious belief but then you go back and it's already the nun in the nun so yeah. is it attacking their religious belief or is it just it's bullshit <laughs> it's Moving also on. being it's also being in the nun the work uh the second yeah. <laughs> worst movie of the conjuring franchise i'll say oh uh annabelle one not a fan of the still, first annabelle <laughs> <laughs> is still that movie is atrociously made and i want to punch whoever made that oh, man. um but nice. it just retroactively makes the character worse but we're gonna move on we're going to count that as 0 for 4. <laughs> yeah, because it's not on my list. <laughs> okay. Um, 31. Dollface from The Strangers. So, that is the... Uh, the oh. li- and I think The Strangers is a pretty good movie. I'm pretty movie. sure The Strangers is on my list. And the sequel to The Strangers, I think, is still pretty good. Uh, Dollface, fun. I feel, is definitely the least scary of the three. I was going to say, yeah. Because <laughs> there's pin- it's pin-up and... The Baghead, like Baghead guy, is extremely scary. So that's a weird choice to have him. I forget. I don't think he's on yeah. the, lower on the list either. Also, 31's really low for it, but that's just <laughs> me. So is that one on your list, buddy? Uh, stra- the Strangers is because I think the go. Strangers kind of opened up a new uh, a new venue for horror where it can be that nice, quiet, domestic thing that it it, it kind of harkens back to the old uh, the original Halloween where sometimes bad things just happen and uh i think for what it did for horror at that time it deserved to be on the list so yes that one is and uh the sequel is a really fun 80s 80s romp oh yeah oh yeah sequel's great nice slasher because the first one like we mentioned you know very quiet domestic anything can happen that's bad and it's very contained and then the second one in a trailer park it's still very contained but it's also like way more slasher than it is mm-hmm. quiet, horrifying, which is a nice. It's a nice turn. It's, it's a nice evolution. It's like the first movie is definitely an homage to like Last House on the Left, this home invasion horror, mm-hmm. and where it's it's, and then the second one is big '80s slasher, and it's so like the they, neon lights. And... Yeah, they they really mastered it, and the fucking there's like a fight scene at the pool. Which is one of the coolest yeah. horror sequences in the last decade, I'd, I'd say. Super good. Moving on. <laughs> Number 30. One for five. One for five. <laughs> Brandon Breyer. What movie's Brandon Breyer from? Or Breyer? Breyer. Oh, Brandon Breyer. Is he from The Prodigy? No. Close. He's from Brightburn, Oops. which is Superman Prodigy. Oh, that's a horrible... <laughs> it's a horrible movie, and he's not scared. I've heard, pol- heard it's polarizing. I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. I haven't seen it, so I've got nothing to say. Um, I think it's real bad. <laughs> but he is... I like his costume. The picture they used is just him, the boy. So that's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit weird. I will say cool. him the boy is scarier than him in the little lobster mask. Oh, I like the mask. All right. I know because it's a lobster, but it's not <laughs> He's, scary. Oh, I'm predictable, aren't I? 29. <laughs> Captain Spaulding, House of a Thousand Corpses. I'll give him this one. He's not really... It's on my list. He's not always... Not a big part of that movie. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a bigger part, but he's the best part of this movie. Uh, That's true. By a large yeah. margin. A large margin, essentially. Uh... <laughs> He's not really yeah. the scary part of the movie, though, so... No, the family is definitely supposed to be the source of the horror, but House of a Thousand Corpses is definitely on the list just because of it being Rob Zombie's first outing and being really, like, stylistically unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. 
paving the way for him to eventually do his Halloween movie, which is not on the list. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> the other one is double spoiler. Moving on. So two for six. Two for six. Two for six. All right. So this is from the Underworld franchise. Now, can you name a villain from the Underworld franchise? Lucius. That's it. Victor <laughs> is Bill. Ni- it's Bill Nighy's character in it, and Bill Nighy's pretty good. Um, I gotta say, I've seen all the Underworld is... movies. I cannot uh-huh. name a single character. <laughs> I've seen oh, all so... of the- I've seen all of Underworld multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> that's from the first Underworld. I think he's. Well, he's he's, the first one on my list. He's in. He's also in the prequel one. He's in all three of them. He's in the first three. Oh, oh, didn't notice that. I have Underworld on the list, the first one, Mm -hmm. because it's excellent, great movie, scary and cool, very great with the vampires and the werewolves and such. Don't remember Victor in it, really. Is he the last boss at the end with the sword? He's like the really. He's like the older bald slicked haired vampire baby blue eyes yeah okay and then he gets the beep that was a spoiler moving on uh the creeper from the jeepers creepers franchise uh the creeper is like the movies in you know made by a pedophile victor salvo um yeah you just can't deny that he's been in court and was guilty uh (laughs) In the first two, and I actually like Deepers Creepers 1 and 2, and it's unfortunate that they're relatively well-made movies. I haven't seen the third one. But the Creeper is not the be- is, is He's not the best part of Deepers Creepers, unfortunately. Uh, and the more you see him, the more he's just like a really over-designed, uh, kind of furry old man type. I do like the wings. The wing reveal was great. Yeah, the wing reveal In the first good. movie spoilers but um uh, i unfortunately have this movie on my list because i can't deny that it is a great horror movie uh it's just really hard for me to get past the whole director thing yeah which is weird because uh usually i can separate art from artists but i guess when pedophiles are involved it's a little harder mm-hmm. for me all right moving on four for six right four to six right now that's pretty good <laughs> uh yeah, my cat bad. has decided to join <laughs> us for the episode so he's having a fun time oh. Uh, first, a uh, first in a while. Um, all right, twenty-six. <laughs> Chad from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Now, oh, I've got some things to say. So Tucker and Dale versus Evil actually rules. Like that's a really great movie. Um, it's what Alan Tudyk and oh, big boy, forget his name. Uh, but it's very good. And Chad is a very convincing villain, playing off of the tropes and how things are. But he is. <laughs> scariest would you uh, say Tyler Labine yes yes so would you say Chad you is scarier than the the creeper or Captain Spaulding or Brandon Breyer I will say <laughs> I have not seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil yet oh, okay. uh, I do have it on the list because I know it happens to be a an incredible landmark in horror what, what's the what's the word Satire? Yeah, horror comedy. Satire, thank you. In uh, horror satire, uh, so much so that I couldn't ignore it, but I don't know. Is Chad scary, Nick? Not really. Uh, it's definitely, like, he's, he's, he's like, hilariously <laughs> not scary because he's, like, a polo shirt-wearing pretty boy jock type. That's pretty. Ooh. Um, that is scary. You get some revelations that I won't spoil. 
Uh, but he is allergic to like chamomile or something, which is a very fun detail. But we're gonna move on to 25. Oh boy. Lucille Sharp from Crimson Peak, which is an okay movie. Oh. Uh, Guillermo, del, Guillermo del Tormo, del Tormo. Guillermo, Guillermo, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro figured out the name part. Um, period horror. Nailed it. Really cool monster designs, the ghosts, um, the, the, the plot's not really there. Not really. In, in Lucille's- There's incest, if that counts as a plot. You know what? I tend to. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, Is that go. on your list? <laughs> uh, Crimson Peak, it's, it's like an if. It's, it's iffy on the list. I wanted to consult you. Do you think it should stay on the list? Because it's- I, like I can recognize that the the designs are really good and that the movie is very interesting and unique, but it's hard to say that it's one of the best of the year in that year where The Witch came out and Green Room came out and Crash. Uh, I out. personally would not include it, especially not considering the rest of Guillermo del Tormo's del Tormo's. I can't say his fucking name. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's uh, long history of great dark fantasy horror. One of which villains. is on this list. <laughs> Two of which, actually. Well, he produced one of them. Anyway, I'm sure we'll maybe hopefully get to them. But okay, yeah. So <laughs> Don't in count that on case, it. we're five to seven. All right. Uh oh. <laughs> Number twenty-four, the lipstick face demon from the Insidious franchise. Oh yeah. I have Insidious. Yeah, that's fair. He's good. He's scary. Looks like Darth Maul. Very funny. Yep. Um. Nice sound design. Moves yeah. when he moves his arms. He sounds like a tree breaking. Yeah, he's good. All right, moving on. Insidious is great. Even the third one. The yeah. third one, fucking really weird, like really silly, but it still works. <laughs> the double ghost. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> double. Twenty-three. Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night 2011, the remake nope. of the 1985 <laughs> Fright Night. Nope, he does not belong on this list. He does not belong on this list. Colin Farrell does not. Uh, he does not do a bad job in this movie. In 2011's Fright Night, it's not bad. No, but no. Uh, one, if it's of the century, you know, of the century, there's so many that do it better. <laughs> yeah. This is a very specific, it's, in, in, it, it's a very non-specific character type. Like, this is in a lot of horror <laughs> movies, including, like, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to move uh, on. Number 22. Uh, yep, six and eight. Abalam from the Last Exorcism franchise. Now, so the Last Exorcism <laughs> should not be a franchise. I'll just say that because it's uh, the Last Exorcism. <laughs> but Give the first ninety percent of the first Last Exorcism is fucking awesome. It's very good. <laughs> and then the very, and then the good. then the ending happens and kind of makes everything not scary anymore. <laughs> also, I guess th this character being included is a spoiler in general. So, oops. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Check out the first one. It's almost entirely a great movie. Yeah. All right, moving on. 21, Jeanette, the woman in black. Fuck yeah. The woman in black is fucking awesome. Fucking terrifying. Um, this helped by the extremely great gothic atmosphere um danny rad's uh you know one of his best performances in this movie an all and a genuinely creepy performance by uh, liz white i believe i uh, saw it once didn't like it didn't think it was very good so unfortunately not on my list uh i could just be wrong that could be a matter of taste so i don't know do we count that as for or against the list since it's, I, it's since against I the list count. but i think you should give it another shot 
I'll give it another shot. I think it's it's probably not on Netflix anymore. I'll find it. I'll watch it again. <laughs> Number Six twenty. And ten. Number twenty. Billy two two seven from Unfriended. <laughs> it's not even a character. It's literally a name in a Skype group I, uh... chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I have I have unfriended on my list. That's your. I don't no. think the character should be on this as a scary character list. As a good horror movie, I do have it on my list. I think unfriended is excellent. I think unfriended sucks major ass, but we're gonna move on so we don't get into a fight. All right, nineteen, Bathsheba, yeah. from The Conjuring. Who? The long-haired lady ghost. Oh, the witch, yes. Yeah, she's Spoilers. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she is awesome. She's on my list. Uh, oops, I added to the wrong column. Seven to ten. <laughs> mm. Stanley, stop smacking my door. All right, we're going to move on to 18. This is kind of an odd inclusion on the list. Uh, the female, under the skin. Yeah, I mean, is she really scary? All right. No. no. No, is she but... one of the best characters in a horror movie? I'd say yeah. <laughs> I'd definitely she's say she's one of the, the most interesting and most riveting, you know, even though Scarlett Johansson. Um, but it's really <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Not scary, though. Or at least I don't think so. Uh, I don't have it on my list. It slipped under the radar. <laughs> So I'm going to count against it. 7 to 11. 17. The director's crew from Cabin in the Woods. I don't know who watched this and thought this was the scary part. Uh, these guys are the comic relief, actually. Um, these are the not scary yep. part of the movie. <laughs> uh, Cabin in the Woods, great movie. Obviously made the list. Another landmark of horror uh, satire and uh, dissection, really. They so really good. I wish Joss Whedon didn't is... make it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess that one counts. Although, strange choice. It's a very uh, strange I character. I guess on a technicality, it, it makes it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, but, yeah. Black Phillip, The Witch, number 16. I'll, I'll, yep. Big spoiler. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But, you know, actually might be my number one. <laughs> all right, moving on. It's a spook. The Armitages in Get Out. I agree, okay, yeah. actually. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't include Get Out on their list of horror movies, and I think that's a damn shame because these guys are genuinely really fucking terrifying, you know. Super and... are. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Get Out rules. Great movie on the list. They're definitely yeah. spooky. All right, 14. Scarier than Get Out. Krampus from Krampus. I just said it was on the list, so wow, they're really racking them up now. <laughs> yep. uh, Krampus is good. Uh, a lot better than it had any right to be. Uh, a cast of almost entirely comedic actors uh, created a fucking <laughs> awesome horror movie, so good for them. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, not yeah. a feat uh, a lot of everyone can do, so there we go. And we're actually uh, on a fucking roll, because 13 is the Crawlers from The Descent. Of course. Okay. Whoa, we're in the positive now. 12 yeah. to 11. <laughs> we're fucking rocking it. Uh, number 12, The Monster, Cloverfield. Mm, not it's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, not scary. <laughs> the bugs yeah. are scary. Cloverfield I, I was going to say the little bugs that fall off are yeah. way scarier than he is. But okay. uh, definitely on the list. Good movie. Uh, 11, Good movie, a personal favorite of mine. Uh, 
featuring uh, one of my favorite actors, Ryan Quanton. We're talking Mary Shaw from Dead Silence. Oh uh, yeah, Silence. pretty. She's pretty scary. Scarier than I love Dead Silence. The Crawlers. Yeah. Ah, scarier than other ones. Nope. <laughs> all right, all right. We're we're going back in the fun zone. So ten back in the Bizarro zone. Pyramid Head okay. from the Silent Hill movies. <laughs> uh, I have the first movie on my list. The second one is God Awful. So the Silent Hill movies, I think, are both terrible. And I've seen people that love the first oh, one, and man. I've seen people that love the second one. Pyramid Head is the dumbest part of both of these movies. Uh, they have made him not scary at all. He's just a big buff <laughs> boy with a polygon on his head. Just like in the games. Moving on. All right, nine. Here's another spoiler. Esther We're from waiting. The Orphan. I'm pretty sure I have the orphan on my list. Orphan We're was way a, in the positive at this point. Orphan was orphan a is good. It just feels real weird to watch. Yeah, I don't like watching it. Considering the subject matter, but also it's based on a real thing, so you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it was in like the weird like power gap years of like the big money Bingham horror, so people were just kind of like doing whatever they wanted. For better or yeah. for worse. Uh, eight. <laughs> this one I have. This one really confuses me. So it's Abby from Let Me In, which is the English version. Um, but this it makes me really curious because Chloe Grace Moretz's Abby is not scary, but the Swedish version or whatever, she's very scary. So why did they not use <laughs> Let the Right One In? In <laughs> I. I have the original on the list, not the remake, because yeah. I only wanted to pick one, and I know the original's better. Uh, I, I personally really like the remake, but the original has got a leg up on I it. Thought I thought the original was fine, and then I did some, then I watched the original, and I did some looking, and I was like, ooh, moving on. Seven, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers, Halloween. I don't feel like this should count. <laughs> which A, which one? B, 2018. No, 2018, so, okay, which is, yes, the, it's just one of the best on ones the um, yeah. in the Halloween franchise. Uh, but of he course. should not count. But I mean, no. there's other ones that I do include that'll like make that change, but whatever. Moving on, six, mm -hmm. the Babadook from the Babadook. Yeah, I love the Babadook. I know people, Easy some choices, people yeah. despise the Babadook, but I think the Babadook rules, especially this guy. Babadook's great, the Babashook. Number five, Annabelle. The Conjuring franchise. Annabelle is consistently the worst parts of the Annabelle movies. Like, without fucking fail. And I'm so mad that she <laughs> gets all the fucking credit. Because like the, because in Annabelle 2 creation, oh, she's man. not really in Annabelle yet. It's mostly like that weird shadow demon thing. And even that's mm -hmm. a little goofy. But it's it does better things than the doll itself. And then in 3, you get the fucking fairy man. And he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and count this against the list because I only have her down for Annabelle Creation, which rules, as we've mm. discussed multiple times. Uh, should not count for the other movies. Absolutely not. All right. Four. Samara Morgan, The Ring franchise. I'll include it. Samara's great. Uh, yeah, The Ring is on here for mm -hmm. sure. Three. We're not the Japanese. We're in the good part. Uh, Jigsaw. Saw. Of course. Uh, yeah. Cinema classic. Change the landscape. John Kramer. Its own genre. Tobin Bell is a fucking tour de force in those movies. Uh, two. Oh, hell yeah. This one's a this one's a silly one, but I get it. Patrick Bateman, American Psycho. Uh, <laughs> not really scary. Yeah. Did you know American Psycho came out in two thousand? Yeah, that's weird, right? I always assumed it's like ninety seven. I thought ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> and then number one. Uh, um. All right, number one. 
there is a huge villain that is missing off this list. Who do you think it is? Is it Pennywise? It's Pennywise from the It franchise, which is why I don't want to give Halloween so too much shit because this is, you know, because he was just in the 90s as well, so. Mm. Yeah. That was a TV movie, though. I mean, there are caveats you can make. Halloween had a whole franchise. <laughs> and is a, is a sequel, and this one's completely separate. But yeah, Pennywise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and if this includes all the monsters that are in these movies, I would totally agree. They're some of the most... Uh, genuinely scary monster creatures in a big budget horror movie. So yeah, uh, this list starts off real bad, uh, gets a little bit better, sinks right back down, comes back, hiccups, and then ends pretty well. And that actually puts us at 22 to 13. So they're in the black, like you said, ups and downs, definitely mm -hmm. like really weird downs, but <laughs> really weird downs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of pulled it off they should have restructured this list that's for sure <laughs> i i big agree um oh man what a fun what a fun little jaunt yeah would you like to take us to our next segment i would love to and uh for all of y'all wondering what the next segment is i'm gonna go ahead and let you know it's log line hey! that's right we bringing it back each person has two log lines that are from popular media one is for an original project, total of three. The uh, opponent, so to speak, must then guess which is the original idea for one point and has the potential to win a second point for guessing the underlying connective theme between the three. Then we also have flex points, which essentially are uh, given when you can guess what the two log lines from the popular media pieces are. You get a point per log line correct that you guess, which is a rule change that we made somewhat recently yeah before we switched to one game and then things got a little you know so yeah nick do you want to start off log lines this week or do you I'll want start me to off. take it on <clears throat> all right let it rip brother here we go first log line all animal companions have been replaced by a company's insidious robotic dogs two reporter investigates story of four british teens Locked in a war bunker. Accidentally locked in, in you know. Fuck, I said that Oh, one. You get what I'm saying though, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a man seeks out his exact lookalike after seeing him in a movie. Uh, the last one is enemy. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and the first one is your original logline? It is. So this is based Ooh. off of uh, a, a bit of a, a mental joke, and I just came up with it recently. Uh, instead of Google Docs, they're Google Dogs, and <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. And that's all I've got so far. But that's a fun idea. Maybe it'd be a little short story. Uh, uh, can't think of a way to make that really stage uh, adept. <laughs> but yeah, it's a tricky one. But I'd like to write that. That seems fun. That does sound fun. I'd like to. I'd like to read it. Um, can you? What was the middle log line again? So I'll I'll do the longer version just to make sure I don't mess it up. Reporter investigates story of four British teens accidentally locking themselves in a war bunker. It's obviously wrong turn four, a cold day in wrong turn hell. <laughs> I don't know what this is. What this, this is the hole. Famously known as Kira Knightley's first feature film. Oh, interesting. It's, it is, uh, it's pretty fun. 
I'd recommend it. Okay. It's not the best, but it's psychological. It does cool things. Okay. Uh, if I had to guess, which I do, um, <laughs> what all three have in common, uh, would investigation be synonymous with what the theme is? No. Fuck! I was just thinking, because he has to find his double in... Enemy's a good movie, by the way. Everyone should watch it. I haven't seen um, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Uh, the whole, obviously, she's a, a journalist, or you know, reporter. And then yours, it seems like they're going to be spying on people if I had to guess. That's a good, that's a good, like, connection between all of them. But Mine's a little bit more not right, general. Though. Not right. Oh, shit. Mm, it wouldn't have to do with machines, because the other two don't have to do with machines. Uh, not clones or duplicates. I don't think. Um, final guess. Is it copies? Yeah! Imposters. Oh! Oh, yay! The, there is, um, in the, in the middle one, the whole... And that's kind of, like, I believe where you're kind of getting... Because you don't know this movie. That's where I'm... It's, yeah. It's different reports of what happened when they were in the bunker. Because only one person makes oh. it out. Oh, it's like Yojimbo. Is that, is that the name of it? Rashomon. Rashomon. Yojimbo is the, is the monkey. No, he's the bunny. He's the samurai. Usagi <laughs> Yojimbo. Oh, shit. It's also a Kurosawa movie named Yojimbo. Incredible. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I made all those connections. <laughs> <laughs> Give me uh, yours, Buster. That's pretty good, though. All right. Here we go. Let's let it rip. Number one. Logline number one. A tournament is watched via CCTVs by wealthy men betting on which of the 30 assassins will survive the next 24 hours. Number two, logline number two. A room of elites revels in watching two rival assassins settle their old score in a death match. Winner take all. And number three, logline number three. A man born and raised to be an attack dog finds himself fighting to save himself and the lives of his newly adopted family. Can you say the second one again? Yeah. A room of elites revels in watching two rival assassins settle their old score in a death match. Winner take all. Is your logline the third one? That is incorrect. Is it the second one? It absolutely is the second okay. one. <laughs> the first one is the first one Masterminds. Uh, no. Oh damn! I thought it was for sure Masterminds. It's a very it's a very high concept thing, oh, which is man. why I thought you would mix it up with mine. Uh, the first one is the film The Tournament. Oh no! no don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. A priest ends up getting mixed up with the assassins and. He has to shit out the tracker. It's funny. And kind of cool. There's some good action in it. It's it's kooky. So the th can you see the third logline for me again? Yeah, the third one is a man born and raised to be an attack dog finds himself fighting to save himself and the lives of his newly adopted family. The family adopted him. He did not adopt the family. <laughs> I I have a feeling I've seen this movie. Um, oh, it's a good one. But I cannot know. I don't know what it is. What is it? Uh, the third one is Unleashed. No, no clue what that is either. Oh, it's a Jet Li movie. It's pretty good, honestly. It's I, I really enjoy it. And the second logline, of course, being my film, uh, well, my short film that I made, actually, uh, Blowout. That's a, 
another one of those endeavors where it's like, oh, I wish I knew someone who's good at special effects, but I, I don't. <laughs> and I myself don't know how to make special effects happen. So, uh, you know, I just use kind of little editing tricks for like when gunfire goes off to make it look kind of like, at least stylistically, like, oh, I understand what's happening. And, you know, sound sound design and such. But a uh, fun movie. Whole thing's uh, choreographed. A little, a little fun choreography experiment, one might say. Which uh, around that time I was doing a lot of that. Like I have one that's that was almost entirely one take. Uh, fun, fun to do. Not the ones I was in. Still I'll available. Tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that was many takes in many places. But yeah, if you guys want to watch that short film, go ahead and check it out on my YouTube page. Nick, what do you think the underlying theme is? Pretty Assassins. Easy. Yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> I said it was it. easy. That one was really, yeah. It was. I mean, mine oh, was man. easy if you knew just the bare minimum of the middle movie. <laughs> About the whole. <laughs> yeah. The whole and script. I knew nothing. Yeah. I like hearing about your ideas, Nick. Come up with more. Let's do log lines again in three months. Yeah. <laughs> or next month. One or the other. And I think that's going to take us back to our pop pop cult pop cult section. I think it will. Right. And we're going to start it off with... A bunch of trailers. What trailer are we starting off with, Mr. Trailer Man? We starting off with Bliss, yo. A mind-bending love story following Greg, who, after recently being divorced and then fired, <laughs> meets the mysterious Isabel, a woman living on the streets and convinced that the polluted, broken world around them is a computer simulation. Do you want to start us off, Nick? Yeah, okay, so obviously, let's get this oh, out yeah, of the way. It's a Matrix ripoff. But it's different enough. I'll give it a shot. Um, uh, so there's this movie has so much going on. <laughs> like this trailer <laughs> is so much. There's so much in this trailer, but you don't feel like you get any of it besides like the simulation existing and maybe him not wanting to leave the simulation. Maybe that's what's happening. Um, but like this trailer is 90% like set pieces. So you don't really it's it's weird i feel you know i it's hard to really get a feel of what this movie actually is and i've seen a lot of movies that are just so convoluted and stuff with just the director thought this would be cool and <laughs> this definitely seems like one of them uh salma <laughs> hayek is playing the romantic lead and owen wilson is of the regular he's the other romantic Regu lead, the I regular greg is the regular Greg, the regular. I am. Um, this is definitely not Salma's best performance. Uh, she can be, you know, she can be really good in things, um, but this is definitely a phone-in performance for her. Not for Owen, who I think is 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 doing what he can. Uh, he's a pretty good actor, but did not feel Salma's. That's how do you feel about this movie? Trailer. I. Uh... <laughs> I, I really... Friend of mine. <laughs> Cohort and partner. Love of wait. my life. <laughs> the wind beneath my wings. Everything that makes me what I am today and a little bit more. How do you feel? I don't think I can take credit for all of that. <laughs> I like... Some things about this trailer. Sorry, I had a brain freeze for a moment probably gonna leave that in the edit hell yeah <laughs> um 
I like some things about this trailer. I like the little, like, you know, Neo-esque, you can just shove people with your finger thing, and the back and forth between reality and the simulation, or the simulation and reality? Who knows? Because it doesn't answer the question, which makes me feel like Amazon is starting, at least, to learn how to keep mysteries a little mysterious. Unlike the lie, which tells Unlike you... Unlike the lie. Cut to cut. <laughs> oh, he's an abuser. I was lying. <laughs> and just completely gets rid of the mystery. This one, at least, it doesn't feel super mysterious, but when you get to the meat of it, the core where it's like, forget your daughter, she's not real. I don't know if she's not real or if she is. It makes me want to find at least that much out because, you know, he... If he's in a simulation, why can't she also? Is everyone just a part of the simulation? Because some people definitely are. They're getting shoved around like they're little Matrix uh, dolls, but I don't know if his daughter is, you know? Maybe the people closest to him, they can't simulate. Those are the people who are also real and they have to be, you know, put in together to make it seem more real. Those are the questions that I would go into this movie wanting to know the answers to. And that's pretty much the only reason I'd want to see it. Uh, seems very Matrix ripoffy, but without the cool action. Uh, yeah, some cool set pieces for sure, like I mentioned, pushing people with your fingers, and hopefully it's interesting at the very least, you know? If a movie can't be good, it can at least be interesting. Oh, I just see, I just now see it's rated R, which is interesting. What are they gonna do in this movie? They're gonna fuck it's rated some R. He's absolutely gonna fuck Selma Hayek, and that's gonna take us to our next trailer. Hit it up, hit it up. Hey The Reckoning! History and horror. Evelyn, a young widow haunted by the recent suicide of her husband Joseph, is falsely accused of being a witch by her landlord after she rejects his advances. I really enjoy this trailer. I think it looks really good. Uh, that little bit about her husband committing suicide is a little different. I don't think it's mentioned in the trailer. I didn't so it know does, that. Yeah, so it does add, like, an extra layer of, like, her, uh, well, you know what they say. When women are approached by the devil, it's because they're at their lowest points. And most people in general, when they're approached by the devil, they're mm -hmm. at a low point. And her husband killing herself, and then she probably almost gets, you know, assaulted by her landlord when she rejects his advances. That's the nice way of putting it in a logline, uh, considering when this takes place. She ends up going through, essentially, you know, a witch trial, which you see in the trailer, and mm -hmm. that seems to be when the devil comes to her, which I don't believe I've seen in a movie. And maybe I haven't watched enough, Ghost Rider. you know. <laughs> yes, when Nicholas Cage goes through <laughs> his witch trial. Anyways, the reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> looks interesting looks cool i i really i want to see this movie honestly mm. how about you nick hated it <laughs> and, no it's, it's fine uh i've got some notes on it so this oh, is cool. from neil marshall marshall marshalla ali uh no neil marshall <laughs> director of the descent and the cursed hellboy um i just found out that co-written the screenplay co-written by charlotte kirk who is playing the lead so take oh, that hell yeah. as you will. You know, hard to do. Um, <laughs> witches, they're all the rage. Uh, you know, and it's very, and especially now, you know, because I've got some witch friends, and it's cool that, like, you know, with the craft remake and the Vavitch and 
and it's kind of <laughs> like it's less like and oh the witches remake i suppose um but less that one doesn't yeah. really fall into what i'm saying um but the portrayal of witches being more positive and they're not just like old crones or whatever it's we're getting more a variance within the genre and i think that's a good thing for a whole will this be the best i don't know it's there's curious things in this trailer and i will watch it if my friends like it <laughs> but i won't be the first one jumping out to watch it i feel marshall uh the director works best with a bit of confinement ironically you know the descent extremely confined that's the theme um mm -hmm. this is being advertised as an adventure horror movie which is not undone before but it is it's in a smaller niche and i just feel it's a bit too grand for neil marshall's abilities because we've seen him try grand several times now and it's not really connected as much as the descended which is like a masterpiece of the horror. grandest of movies <laughs> definitely on my prior list we talked about it as we discussed yeah <laughs> yeah but that's that's about how i feel about this movie okay i'm not against it but i'll I, i'll need i'll uh, i'll need more for it from it with it to it against it bop it son of the south our next trailer <laughs> a grandson of a clansman comes of age in the deep south and eventually joins the civil rights movement based on bob zellner's autobiography the wrong side of murder creek didn't know this is based on a book that makes this a little more uh digestible to me off mm -hmm. the just off the bat because when you watch the uh trailer just automatically at least for me put a bad taste in my mouth it feels like right now we're in such a hot spot of you know like mm -hmm. uh, what's what's that movie coming out soon that looks really good judas and the black messiah, black messiah? yeah like, that one looks so good, and, you know, it's a black story told with black actors going through actual history. And this is also history, so it makes it easier to swallow, but still, following, you know, this white guy uh, joining the movement of, you know, not white guys. I don't know. It's It didn't feel great when I watched it. Knowing it's based off of an autobiography makes it feel better. Nick, how about you? So, uh, this movie, I've been... Uh, I really liked this trailer. Uh, the cinematography, the costumes are all really good. Uh, the trailer does give you the impression that it is, you know, the big white savior movie. And we always get one of these every, like, two years. Uh, what's the one with Viggo Mortensen that just won an... Uh, you know, there's... there's Green uh, Book. There's Green Book, there's uh, Driving Miss Daisy, I, was I think. Driving Miss like, Daisy, yeah. There's always one of these movies. It's like every year and a half, The Help. Oh, fuck. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's always one of these movies coming out. And I thought this was going to be it, but I've been doing some things. And uh, as far as I know, I've seen, I know some people that have talked about it. And this movie is not as white trailery as it seems. Uh, this movie is directed by Barry Alexander Brown who is a famous uh, collaborator with Spike Lee, who produces this movie. And Spike Lee, uh, some there's some, you know, he's produced some stinkers in his time, but he's typically a pretty good seal of quality. So Barry Alexander Brown uh, is an editor for a lot of Spike Lee's movies. This includes Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, He Got Game, uh, Black Klansman, most recently. And so he definitely, he also co-directed 
the war at home in 1979 i just saw that that's interesting uh he directed the who's tommy uh the documentary film not the movie itself and then this most recently is like his first real one in like years i think it is yeah it's his first feature film since 2002 so if there's anyone that i trust not to make a white savior movie it's definitely someone who works with spike lee a lot because that's kind of the <laughs> antithesis to Spike Lee's whole approach to filmmaking. I, you know, <laughs> I think that's safe to assume. But, you know, yeah. that doesn't mean it won't. Because I'm pretty sure Barry Alexander Brown is a white guy. So, you know, it's not that it's entirely exempt. This is just what I've heard. But a big stinker on this movie is that it's being advertised as a Lucy Hale movie. Lucy Hale <laughs> playing, like, the girlfriend of the main character and Lucy Hale is possibly the most 2021 looking person you can find. Uh, does not look like she is from the civil rights movement era. Uh, the lip fillers, the nice blocky eyebrows, like man, the fucking, <laughs> just, hmm, just, 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 mm, and Cedric the Entertainer's in it. Uh, he's a really underrated actor. I think he can really, he can really. Yeah, he really do brought it. it in the trailer. He was really compelling mm -hmm. as the, as the pastor, preacher, pastor, two different things. Deacon. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. <laughs> he is playing. Also, oh, uh, he's playing Ralph Abernathy. <laughs> that is that was not clear to me in the trailer. Ralph Abernathy being a famous civil rights leader. Uh, he's a Baptist. Not a lot clear, other than uh, Cyclops' brothers in this movie. Also, the blind side. Can't believe I didn't think of that. White Savior Is movie. Lucas Till Havoc? Yes. Oh, no wonder I'd seen this fucker. <laughs> I was like, this guy looks so fucking familiar. That smug-ass smile on his face. Mm, yeah, God. There, so, yeah, there's a lot of white savior, savory vibes in this. Savory vibes. Mm. Mm. But I really like... <laughs> You know, but it's this is a, this is a real story. This is a, a real thing that happened. And if we're going to get quote unquote white savior movies, uh, the, these are the ones that like we like. We, I think this is the one that would be preferable to like fixing racism by having a black man drive you and being not rude to him. <laughs> yep. Like it's this is a real person that act that fought and did things because this is like the right kind of ally allyship. Uh, but yeah, right. oh, there's a scene where our boy Havoc, like, the, he's confronting <laughs> like the the race a racist guy, and he's like, "What about your nonviolence?" And he like drags him out of the car window. And he's like, "Well, I don't really care about that anymore." Or something dumb. <laughs> Says something like, well, "I'm still working on it," or something I'm, like that. Yeah, it's it, it it really works. It really sells that scene. It's yeah. It's I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, pro this movie. Uh, this movie can definitely go wrong, but I've got good hopes. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll figure it out when we see it if we see it. Or we will find out on Twitter how we feel about it. Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong. Y'all saw it coming. The epic next chapter in the cinematic monster verse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another: the fearsome Godzilla ah! and the mighty Kong. <laughs> With humanity caught out, uh, caught in the balance. 
Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the trailer. I like it just fine. It definitely... Uh, it feels like it could go wrong in the ways the other two movies went wrong. What with focusing too much on the people and not enough on the big monsters and having a small child. I don't know who decided... <laughs> These movies need to be family friendly. Let's have Monsters small love. children in them. That's that, to be fair to them. That's from old kaiju movie days because the old is, children but, are so pure of innocence and without the sin of man, and it's all satire about the evils of capitalism and, and wartime politics. Yada yada. That's pretty tasty. If only Millie Bobby Brown wasn't part terrorist in her oh, movie. Bra- oh, oh, baby Bobby Brown. Ah, yep. <laughs> She's legitimately part terrorist in her movie. Watch it again, you'll see. <laughs> Doctor Doom. The kid in this one at least seems like uh, less like a terrorist. <laughs> what is I don't know. What it's... a strange quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so weird to talk about for this trailer, but the action seems like it's gonna be pretty cool. I don't think the action's ever been the problem in the other two movies. It's always been not it's always focusing been on the action it's three fight scenes in the movie that are 10 yeah. minutes long and then you get a bunch of talking in between which is exactly. it, which is you know because that was the style when the kaiju movies were big that was like what they did and even in fucking peter jackson's king kong there is a lot of not fighting but they use that strategically to build tension to build character I watched King of the Monsters last year. I cannot tell you a single thing about King of the Monsters. I know <laughs> Million Bobbert Brown is in the movie, and I know that there are monsters. I can't tell you which ones. There's the big Ghidorah fella. The Mothra's there. Godzilla. I've heard there's more. <laughs> I can't remember. Is Rodan in that one? Huh. He maybe. <laughs> and Geras? Who knows? <laughs> and there's some kind of mammoth creature at the end. Very strange. Very strange that in this trailer they say there's only two left, but we saw like six at the end of King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. What is he king and of? All, and there's a bunch monsters? of flying fellas in this one, so it's like, yeah. are, are these not big enough to count? Because they're still <laughs> gigantic. <laughs> they're still kaiju. <laughs> they're like they're the size of oh, Kong's man. like forearms. That's still really fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, I love seeing Kong punch. I really, he's great. I don't know. He's awesome, man. He, they did some fucking work on that rig. Holy hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the little snippet we saw, the fight scene on the boat where he's, like, out of his element fucking looks great. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for that. I don't know why they didn't... They set up having, like, the system of the hollow earth in Kong Skull Island where he can essentially jet around the world free range whenever he wants but he doesn't because skull island is his home mm-hmm. and then they put him on a ship <laughs> like why <laughs> you're putting him on a plate for godzilla guys by the way i hope kong wins um, <laughs> not kills godzilla but you know beats him up and then he's like all right truce and they're like yeah yeah that's what i think is gonna happen they're gonna i think they're... so yeah uh, almost guaranteed a third a villain is going to appear at the end of the second act and they're going to team up to fight him with the help of the united states military because uh, this is of or it's course, going to be revealed that it's been controlling godzilla the whole time and it's like disguised as one of his spikes or something it's like mecha godzilla the whole time or something this because oh, these cool. movies are all <laughs> I, I i i have a feeling mecha godzilla is going to be in this regardless um but that'd be cool yeah i'm down 
movie, this movie's just, you know, it's, you get cool monster fights, and then when it's not gonna be cool monster fights, it's gonna be United States imperialism propaganda, uh, and mm -hmm. I really don't, like, it sucks that that's the path that it's gone, because the Japanese movies are typically the exact opposite of that, where it's kind of clarifying that, like, these guys are doing something that is not great, like, especially, like, the first couple of Godzilla movies, that's even when he's a villain. Like, they do the fucking mm. Oxygen Destroyer, which is, whole oh, <laughs> spooky. Um, but yeah, yeah, Big Monkey, he looks great. There's a small child, because <laughs> there's always a small child. Always. Uh, there's really not too much to say, besides I think the fights are going to be awesome. I, you know, it does. we just need to wait to see if this will be a good movie, or if this will be monster fight scene compilation. <laughs> mm -hmm, on like YouTube. Pacific Rim <laughs> Uprising. <laughs> yeah. Throw it on the disc at Walmart for twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's how Man. I feel. That's all. I, that's, that's all I really got yeah, to say. That's on all it. I had to say. Team as well. Team King Kong, but I love both of them. I do. I like little chubby Godzilla with his tiny fucking head. His head is so small. <laughs> yeah, but it's better it's for like shooting. It's, it's like, so he whoa. shoots pinpoint beams. <laughs> yes, his whole he, it's a bottleneck. He's trying to funnel the laser. Exactly. Out of him. If it was bigger, it'd be more spread out, wouldn't do as much damage. Yep, he consciously made the decision to have a small No, it's so called laser it's computer. called a evolution, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's going to take us to our end notes, isn't it? It is. Would oh, like beautiful. To, would you like to start us off on our EndNote section where we recommend something that we really enjoyed and would like you to enjoy as well? Like bananas. I, yeah. Hell yeah. Eat bananas, people. I'm going to recommend this week uh, Demon Slayer. It's now on Netflix. Uh, don't know if Nick reads Demon Slayer or watches I read it, it all. Do you? Yep. Uh, that's, that's one of the points I'm going to make. Perfect. Uh, so Demon Slayer feels very like a very rare kind of anime that is both excellent as a show has impeccable animation but is also like a decent entry point into anime for people who are new to it mm -hmm. it's like something very consumable so to speak like it's the kind of show you'd watch and then when you finish you kind of go well what what other animes are there you know what i mean and it's like oh attack on titan i'll give that a shot but then it's too dark for you, and you're like, oh, I don't yeah, like anime. It's too much. That's not an easy one to get into. <laughs> yeah, or you start, like, fairy tale or something, and you're like, oh, it's all, what, like, boob jokes? And this isn't fun. And then, you know, Demon Slayer is, like, the perfect combination of fairy tale and Attack on Titan. It's got a lot of darkness in it, but it's never really too, well, there's some things that are pretty dark. But it doesn't start you off too dark. And especially, I was literally hovering over the icon because I was like, maybe I should watch episode 19. You'll get, you'll get it when you start watching it, guys. And just the little scene they play where, uh, spoiler alert, Nezuko is trying to kill Tanjiro. And her tears fall on his face while he's pleading with her not to eat him because he loves her. Uh, she's his sister, by the way. It almost made me start episode one. I was almost, like, right then drawn in just to start the series again <laughs> when I've got, like, 30 other animes that I need to <laughs> continue or finish or start. And, yeah, I just think for anyone out there who has been, like, iffy on anime and you happen to have Netflix, I think one of the most widely <laughs> available things 
out there for streamers. Uh, Despite the price, if you don't have it, you probably yeah exactly. If you don't have it, you probably have a friend who has it who will give you their password. (laughs) So yeah, if you're thinking of getting into anime, uh, Demon Slayer is definitely a beautiful place to start, and it's a very recent one, but it's also finished. It was essentially like a limited series, so to speak, and I think there's only going to be two seasons. So season one's done. It's on Netflix. Season 2 will probably be out in, like, a year or so. Wait, no, it's coming out this year, I think. Oh, is it? I think. It might be, like, early next year or something, but... Yeah, it's it's really great, and I think it's definitely worth the watch for anime lovers and newbies alike. Nick, what do you got for us this week? Oh, boy, I got something to recommend to you guys, which is the usual on EndNotes. We do it every week. Uh, But I'm going to uh, recommend... A, it's this is sort of a, a general span of comics. These are ongoing comics today. This is an ongoing wing of them, a sort of a loose event. But this is the Dawn of X, led by Jonathan Hickman. Hackman, I call him, but he's truly like a, a genius <laughs> at writing. He he did a, a wonderful Avengers run a couple years back, 2014, I think. Uh, and so Dawn of X has basically reignited the X-Men canon entirely. Uh, X-Men used to be always decent selling, but they really didn't do anything. They were kind of stinkers. Uh, they were in dumb events and the characters were not done justice. And every now and then you'd get a weird spinoff that was that was pretty charming. I'm getting hiccups like mad. Uh, <laughs> But overall, it was just kind of, it was it was a dark shadow what it just was. And before this, it was in a really weird story arc called The Age of X-Man, which is a, a mutant by the name of X-Man. Uh, and he kind of recreated the world where mutants were in this one particular, their own version of the Earth, and they had different rules and things. And that was very obviously a setup into the Dawn of X, which resolves in... All the best parts of that, including this mutant world for them, but still having them be able to connect with the Marvel Universe. So Dawn of X is the mutants have created their own sovereign nation on the island of Krakoa, which is a a frequent place. Krakoa is a living island. And it's basically, it's got all the mutants are back here, more or less. All the good guys, all the bad guys. So in control, you have Charles Xavier, you have Magneto, Mystique, Mr. Sinister, Apocalypse. Like you have a real uh, range of these people that have these various differing philosophies. And it results in something that is just truly amazing. Like I keep keep reading them and I'm like, I'm going to find one that stinks eventually. And I keep going and I don't. It, it, It creates new lore. It creates new... A new culture for mutants entirely plus the comics themselves you know you have all these you know they all have silly x titles so there's x-men x-factor x-force x-caliber then you have like fallen angels which that one's a little bit of a weird name but it's like they keep tackling all these cool concepts and they bring in old dumb characters and reinvent them like beak beak is just a weird skitty guy with big black eyes and a beak 
<laughs> That's his thing. There's Eye Boy, who is a boy is covered in eyes. And they make these characters, you make they make you feel for them. They make these they make Eye Boy fucking awesome at his job. Like he's like a big beacon of hope. And like despite just being covered in eyes, it's like these really cool concepts going on. And you have all these years that some of these characters have been around, decades, and it's all still there, and it's all still working, and then building a new product. And this is what I shit on modern day comics because it's so messy and so unclean and just there's event after event after event and this is still Marvel so there are events in this but it's so cohesive and it's still contained to the the dawn of X and the, the Krakoa so I'm ranting a bit and this might sound a little bit <laughs> uh, unclear but go right now if you are in, have any interest in comics or the X-Men and just check out any of the Dawn of X series. Uh, there is a collection. I believe someone there is a there's a book coming out, or has already come out, little volumes under the name Dawn of X, and they just have, you know, an issue from X Men, from the New Mutants, from Excalibur, from the Marauders, and you just get like seven or eight of the number ones, and then they do it for the next couple things, and it's a great way to get into it and see how these beloved characters are adapting to this new world that they live in. So yeah, check it out. I've always just thought of Apocalypse as, you know, the mutant who believes in uh, Darwinism, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, killing one another. So hearing that he's on the island and he's actually like- He's in a leadership. with people. It's... And he's a leader to boot, like, and he's not trying to kill everyone is really, let me specifically him he's interesting to me <laughs> let me read you the, the 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 council they're called the quiet council um Black and Bolt? it's oh no Not he's inhuman um magneto professor x you have exodus who is it's not a very well-known character, but he's a big, powerful one, like psionic stuff. Mr. Sinister, Mystique, Sebastian Shaw, you have Kitty Pride, you have Emma Frost, you have Nightcrawler, Storm, Cypher, and then Krakoa himself is the island. All right, this brings us to the social media portion of the show, the part we never mess up, the part we never get wrong. I'm gonna start us never off. Never ever get you wrong. You can find us me on Instagram at nicholas.roy.morgan.iii. I post pictures of myself and funny images on my story. You don't have to follow that one, but it's where I am. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. PLSS. Looks like Dr. Piss. I'm still waiting on that person to, with the suspended account to lose it so I can get that name. Uh, I tweet mostly funny jokes and I talk about comics there sometimes. And I, you know, I do my little dance and that's, and that's where you can find me, Greg. Well, you can find me uh, most places online. Uh, Grecobo, G-R-E-C-O-B-O. Under that name, I believe you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, uh, probably other things, Letterboxd, maybe. And you can also find me on Instagram under MixMatchMedia, M-I-X-M-A-T-C-H-M-E-D-I-A. I post funny bits on that page, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll think they're funny too. It also has a Facebook page, same name. Feel free to email us if you guys have any questions or comments. If you have any arguments you want to throw our way, maybe we can discuss them on the show. Your <laughs> favorite, favorite X-Men mutant. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to hear that. Our favorite, our our favorite, our email is uh, morbol831 at gmail.com. That's M-O-R-B-O-L 831 at gmail.com. I think we have a Twitter too, morbolpod. Yep. Same thing, M-O-R-B-O-L, but instead of 831, it's P-O-D. My favorite band. 
Uh, yep. We go ahead and uh, post <laughs> when the episodes come out on there. If you guys want to, you know, keep up with us. Because I don't... Well, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts to a podcast, and then you might get an update. But, you know, it's if weird. you follow us on Twitter, it is weird. If you follow us on Twitter, uh, or just, you know, randomly check in, you'll probably see our episodes posted up, and you can check them out there. Perfect. Back to the, the prior discussion. We all know the true king of rock right we all know the true king of rock is mario lopez (laughs) good night everyone drive safe